welcome to SlayerFest98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and joining me for this very special episode, I have two Scooby slash co-hosts with me. I have YA author and author of Buffyverse novels, Slayer and the sequel Chosen. Kirsten White. Hi, Kirsten. And Hi. also with me, I have pop culture critic, Dumpster Raccoon, and... Is doctor the other? Are you a doctor? Yeah, now, yeah, Anthony? we don't. Yeah, they don't. They're not happy about it. But I do have a doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's Ian. Uh, it's wow. I almost said your name, Ian. What a great start this is already off to. Anthony Oliveira. How is everybody? <laughs> Good. <laughs> do you know I once left someone a voicemail and they thought I was drunk because I said hi there. I said hi, Ian. It's and I said their name, but I wasn't drunk. Amazing. Yeah. Um, we are also joined, we're fil- we're recording this during the quarantine, so we're all a little loopy, um, yeah. but we're also joined by author of the acclaimed Magicians Trilogy uh, and the forthcoming novel Silver Arrow. Please welcome. Lev Grossman. Thank you for joining us. And we also have the writer of Marvel Action Captain Marvel, the upcoming Unstoppable Wasp, and I have to say, icon of the Canadian pre-movie show. Please welcome. It's Sam Maggs, and oh my gosh, thank you so much. I am such a fan. For those of you who are American and don't know, Sam did the pre-show for every movie for like, how many years were you doing it? It was a couple years. It's yeah. true. I was the Canadian Maria Menounos, which just proves that in Canada, they'll let anybody do it. Which is great. <laughs> so I have permanent, like, I have my popcorn, and there's Sam on the screen, and I'm about to watch a movie that might be good or might be bad, but at least I saw this pre-show with Sam. So. Thank this you. Is a Being 30 feet honor. tall is not something that I recommend for anyone who doesn't look like George Clooney, frankly. It's, it's very disturbing. <laughs> okay, wait. Is there, like, a YouTube supercut where we could watch all of your pre-show shows? Because there, there are some on my website All that right. have been preserved well, I know in time. Today, <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I love that. Anthony, I'm so glad that you knew that because oh, huge oh fan, huge fan. <laughs> um, and we're talking about a, a dark pleasure today. Um, it is the episode yes. villains. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, to... we're on villains. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I wanted to make it more of like a special. I feel like it's a. While it's not a fun episode, it's a big deal of an episode, right? It's, you know. It has some neat ideas. It has some, like, fascinating themes emerge. A lot of plot threads that have been meandering through the season finally come to a head. It has that peculiar Marty Noxon energy to it. Um, So I'm excited to talk about it. But before we get into the episode, um, Sam, would you like to give us your Buffy origin story? Oh, sure. So I actually started watching Buffy uh, way back when it was originally on, on the WB with my parents. Um, I was like probably too young for the show at the time, but I watched (laughs) a lot of stuff that I was too young for, which probably explains a lot about like the way that I write now. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I was a fan of the show from the start and I, I watched, I became a fan for life. I followed it to the UPN when it switched networks back in the day and all that drama and um, yeah, I just I've I've pretty much always been a fan. I think because uh, that very particular brand of like late '90s like proto feminist bad girl, you know, tough tough chick um, yeah. TV is my it's like iconic for me. It's my fave <laughs> to this day. So 
yeah, I was really into that. And then I'm really into it now. And uh, I had a big crush on Giles when I was 12. So let that oh tell you what Smart it will. Kid. About Smart me. kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because we, I always say on the podcast, like when I watched it, it was like, oh, Giles is old. But now as an adult, I'm like, ooh, Giles is a babe. Yeah, but when I was 12, I was like, Giles is a babe. Like that was, I was broken. Like let's, I see we're deep into trauma already. So I'm just going to jump in with both feet. Like, let's do this. Um, and Lev, would you like to give us your Buffy origin story? Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I would. It, it's, it's not it's not really much of a story, um, but uh, uh, uh I was definitely super into Buffy back back when it was airing. It's probably the last TV show that was actual appointment viewing for me when I would sit down with a bunch of my friends and we'd watch it all together um, and then talk about it. I think that's the last show that I ever felt that way about. Uh, and I watched it obsessively. Uh, I haven't watched it much since, except um, every year at the end of Comic-Con uh, in San Diego, they, uh, uh, they uh, just set up a big room and they show once more with feeling. Um, so I've seen that one like six times since the show ended. Um, but probably it was, it was interesting coming back to it after all that time. Yeah. I actually, the one year I went to San Diego comic con, like uh, forever ago, I think I was like 23. Uh, they did that. And yeah, I thought it was like, I was so excited. It was like the year Dr. Horrible came out. Mm. So like Joss Whedon was at comic con and I went to the Dr. Horrible panel. Uh, but yeah, I remember going to that and having like so much fun. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are here to discuss villains, as Anthony has already told us. Uh, let me. <laughs> I think I will say I enjoy this episode. I know that it's a tough one. Uh, Kirsten had even tweeted about having to watch it for <laughs> Mother's Day. It was a nice <laughs> present for her from me yeah, my, uh, actually my very first note on my page of notes is i hate ian for this so, <laughs> so <laughs> i was say I, my first note is god damn it in the previously on for the rest of the season it's just tower getting shot it's we just see that over and over and over again <sighs> and uh to so we also get her saying goodnight bitch which i love uh and i also wanted to point out that we had um summer bishop on for seeing red and she line red for that scene and it's that now i can whenever buffy says it i also hear summer bishop saying it and it's fantastic uh summer bishop played played uh margo on the magicians and uh yeah so then the opening of the episode's really weird for a second i thought it was still a commercial when it's like that weird law and order music and the ambulance it feels very un yeah. buffy um, but then we quickly get to Allison Hannigan crying and good Lord, is she a good crier? Because that whole scene like just hurts to watch. And I kind of forgot that that's where this episode like immediately picks up is, oh, look, everything's still terrible because that's season six. Yeah, I was going to say this is part of the most controversial season of Buffy and is yeah. probably one of the most controversial episodes of Buffy. So it's a fun episode to join on as the first timer. <laughs> You're um, welcome. Everybody's think, dead. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty sad. I'm actually kind of curious to know uh, what the vibe is in the room on season six. Like, are you guys fans of season six? Do you despise watching season six every time it comes up? Like, how do you feel about this sort of arc um, overall? Uh, Kirsten, I'll let you answer that first. <laughs> Um, I remember when I watched it, 
several years ago. Um, there are so many really good episodes and so many amazing moments in season six um, and, and so much to like about it. But now that I'm old and a mother, <laughs> I just hate it. I hate watching <laughs> these characters that I love and care about suffer and then suffer and then suffer some more. And like, yeah, I'm down for a lot of suffering, man. But like it hits a certain point where it's just it's just so hard to watch. And so I I I have a I have a visceral dislike of season six, not because it's not good, but because I dislike seeing these characters that I love suffer so much. What about so. you, Lev? Um yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's, it's, it's rough. You know, I, I was reminded of how p- powerful the performances are, even when some of the, you know, it's the, the, with some of the special effects and stuff, you could see it's, it's really, right. the, the budget was not, was not busted. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the, 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 the emotions, the performances are so powerful. Um, it really just, uh, it hits incredibly hard. Um, going back to Buffy with this episode, uh, it was definitely, you know, it was like zero to 60. Um, right. uh, it really brought me back into what a powerful show it is. Um, Anthony, what have you thought doing this season? Cause you uh-huh. and Kirsten have been my most, uh, consistent co-host this season. Yeah, I feel like me and Kirsten are sort of pulling in opposite direction. Like the older I get, the more I understand season six. And I'm not sure if that's to its credit or what, but like, when I was a kid, I was completely baffled by this. Like, oh my god, everyone's so sad, and I don't, I don't know how to speak to these traumas that these characters are suffering. And the older I get, it's like, oh yeah, I've dated that guy, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, I think that, but that doesn't. I don't know if that leans me to like it more. Um, I do think it does become kind of a a frog march through darkness. I think that one of its failings. Uh, where it lets itself down is that I don't think we're properly prepared for Buffy's last moment in the season. Like, I think um, as great as this episode, for example, is, I feel like Buffy is definitely taking a back seat mm-hmm. to the plot, and I'm not prepared. Like, I've kind of lost our lead um, in this back end in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I don't have the problems with it that I have, for example, with the back end of season seven. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See. It's funny. Um, I was thinking this when I was watching, rewatching the episode last night. I, I don't know. I, I when I watched this, so I was, you know, a very hot topic, angsty teenager, no. which I, you, I know, shocking. What? <laughs> Ian, I have bad uh, news for you. You are still an angsty hot topic teenager. <laughs> I'm just in the body of a 37 year old man. Um, but so for me, it was like, I loved it. I loved that it was like dark and blah, 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 and all this bullshit. But now as like an adult, I'm like, all right, but like, can we get a break? Like I, I go back to the episode Dead Things, which I felt like I had nothing to say about when we recorded it because it was just like this episode is we've already done this like 10 times already in every other episode. But now they're redoing it's like Buffy thinks she murdered uh, Willa, uh, Warren's ex-girlfriend, who he murdered. And then Buffy has a conversation with Dawn about going away, and they're both crying. And then she beats up Spike, and I just feel tired. Mm. But I do think it is artistically coherent as a season. Like, it does have a thing it wants to say. And while I do find myself occasionally exhausted by the thing it wants to say, 
Like it is of a piece. Whereas season seven yeah. begins by being like, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. Everything's back to normal and it's going to be fun. And then it kind of betrays its ethos halfway through, I think. Yeah. And I think maybe um, my other issue is that, yeah, we lose Buffy's plot. Like the whole plot is her. She's depressed and we don't get a moment really aside I mean, like in the finale sure it's like her and dawn crawl out of the grave and it's like a good image of like her pulling herself back up but i don't feel like we get a real resolution to that like it felt like that was the through line of this the the like arc of the season and we don't there's no and then it's just like oh what willow's a big bad so i don't know like while i like dark willow i don't know that's where i get a little i don't know that it is as cohesive but I, it's still Buffy, and I think it's better than a lot of things on TV mm-hmm. at the time and still on TV, I mean. Uh, but yeah, so Amber Benson plays a dead body throughout the whole episode. Oh, uh, doesn't even get a flat. Like, I was thinking about how in the body, Joyce, Christine Sutherland at least had two different parts where it's like, ooh, we get that cute flashback to Christmas dinner, and then we get that flash of where Buffy pictures Joyce surviving, and she, like gets revived in the hospital but like amber benson just plays a dead body through it she just lays on that floor and it is rough um isn't this like this is only something like the second time she's in the opening credits and it's also the last time mm. she's in the opening credits which is like woof yeah, yeah. yeah. that's rough <laughs> she's particularly depersonalized too like i actually cannot recall if she even has a close-up of her face at all? No. So I hope that it was not Amber Benson who actually had to lie on the floor. I hope it's an Amber Benson, you know, floor double. Uh, <laughs> so she didn't have to lie on the floor the whole time. Um, I, do, I didn't like, see her face. Literally, I don't remember if I see her face or not. Yeah. Do we? Does anyone face, remember? You see her face when Lilo's holding her and, like, yeah. summoning magic. But then, mm. like, when she's on the floor and Dawn discovers her, no, it's just, you don't really see her face. She's no. just a yeah. boy. Yeah. Yeah. But so Willow, I think um, this is supposed, I'm not sure if this is an on purpose nod to like how Willow, how powerful Willow has gotten since even the beginning of the season, but she invokes Osiris like very easily. Right. And that was not a thing she could do in the beginning of the season. Right. Yeah. yeah it's- no, cause yeah. Um, it's also clearly, is it just me or is this clearly the same actor who plays the monster Spike is going to meet at the end of the episode? I was wondering that too. It's I just the that same up. guy. <laughs> it's like clearly the same actor, clearly the same monster makeup. And he's just like, it, it's the most phoned in part of the episode for sure. Um, and the only reason it's here, I think, is to establish that she can't resurrect her, right? That, yeah. that yeah. she is not a living, she's died a human death um, in the sort of overdetermined way the show has decided death works. Um Right. Yeah. It gets a little right. Like there's a little bit of like, eh, but like, I feel like there would be, I don't know, especially with the spell Dawn did. It's like, well, Dawn figured out a way to get around that, even though it could have been a zombie. <laughs> eh. But I get yeah. for like the point of the season and the story. It's like, no, she needs to be dead, dead, not dead and but could come back. Uh, but I think Allison Hannigan is doing, and I, I mean, I always think she's a good actor on this show. She gives great performances, but I think her acting in this is so good. 
Like mm-hmm. we see her sobbing and then she, the rest of the episode after this opening, she's just completely muted, but like also furious and you, that reads, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so it's the, the whole first half of this episode where they're focusing, you know, Xander is focusing on Buffy and they have no idea that Tara is dead in the bedroom. And um, so when you're seeing, you know, the paramedics coming and working on Buffy and Xander fretting over that. And you know what's happening with Willow in the bedroom. It's just, it's, I mean, that's some good tragedy. It's funny when I, when I, that was the moment when I was watching the episode and I was like, Oh, that, this is Buffy. That moment when, when, when Xander and Willow interact and, and Xander doesn't know what's just Mm -hmm. happened. I thought, ah, that's exactly how it would happen. Um, That's the kind of shit that goes down in real life. I'd forgotten all about how Buffy is so incredibly true to that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Also, Xander doesn't notice the blood all over Willow's shirt. Mm, yeah. Like Willow is yeah. covered in blood, but and and this is a note that that is less serious. But my my only note on this section is why is Xander's outfit? <laughs> why? why? It is a rough episode. Ian always asks your favorite outfit, and it is a rough looking yeah. episode. To me, because Xander is—he's a broad-shouldered dude, right? Where are they finding these shirts that are so much bigger than those shoulders? Like they had to look for those, right? Because man. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So Xander doesn't notice the blood on Willow's shirt, and then you got that. I'm sorry, that paramedic was so distracting with his little like skinny porn mustache. The mustache. <laughs> the mustache. <laughs> Where did they find that guy? Okay, we have to open the like the director's note is amazing. Like we have to open on this guy's mustache. It's the first shot of the episode, and then we have to <laughs> follow that mustache into that backyard. <laughs> um, oh. That did also answer for me. I always wondered if the backyard was a separate set because like you know clearly when they use the front yard it is the front yard of that house they use and i always wondered if like oh is that backyard really the backyard and i guess it is right because they show them walk Mm. through and it's not like they have a budget to Mm. digitally reproduce anything on this show so i was like oh what actually is the backyard of that house as someone who is insane and has been to that house (laughs) twice to take pictures outside of it when i've been in la amazing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh but yeah i really like allison hannigan comes out of that house covered in blood and just says mm-hmm. who did this and xander says warren and she, the way she says warren and just walks away i don't know i think her performance throughout this episode is so good mm. i also yeah. do think it's a testament to all the shit that they've been through that like xander does see her covered in blood and he's like well it's tuesday like it's <laughs> not it is yeah. not an issue like it's just True. very yeah. cash yeah yeah but we don't know what the splash like, radius is on yeah. Buffy's blood, right? Like, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> Slayer blood is powerful, man. Um, yeah, but but I think you know, and I I feel like Xander plays uh, Xander I, Nicholas Brendan um, plays this really well, where he does he is in shock and he yeah. is just like in panic mode, and so you can forgive him for not noticing that because he's so focused on the only problem that he's aware. Uh, and that's that Buffy has been shot and might be dying. Right. So, yeah. right. And it's funny. I remember, and I think I told this episode during seeing the episode for seeing red there, you know, back in the day, spoilers, it was kind of like, Ooh, is the spoiler? Tr-? I mean, that's still true, but like most of the spoilers were like, had no sources whatsoever on the internet back when the show was on. And there was a site I visited. I think it was called like Buffy world um, where I would always, I never like 
took part in the forums, but I'd always read them, which is kind of how I like feel like I function on Facebook as well, um, where I'd like read everything, but I just like wouldn't interact. And I'd always read all like what everyone said. And someone had spoilers about Tara dying. And then there was spoilers about this episode. And I remember my best friend at the time, she was like, oh, I kind of want to read the spoilers because she was a Sex in the City person and I was a Buffy person. And we both knew about each other's favorite shows just because the other one talked about it so much and the other one watched it so much. And she came over to watch this episode with me because she thought it was cool. And I remember I kept saying to her, well, like, obviously Willow's not going to kill Warren. They won't let her kill a human. Like, that's, there's no way that's happening. So I feel like this is a pointless episode. And she did a good job. She was just like, well, we'll see. <laughs> and I, I was wrong. <laughs> but so then we get Jonathan and Andrew in jail. I think the Jonathan and Andrew stuff, it's cute, but it's like, I don't need this. This is wasting my time. Like, I feel like that way with their scenes and the Warren scenes. I don't know. What do you guys think? They only oh, yeah. have the I one, just... don't they? They just have this yeah. one. We just need to keep a yeah. bead on them for next episode, right? Like, we need yeah. to kind of know where they are. We get some early 2000s light homophobia, and then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all I have on that scene is JNA interlude dislike because it's so tonally jarring. Yeah. Which yeah. Buffy does balance horror and humor so well. That's what I love about it. Um, you know, writing in the Buffyverse, that's, that was the main thing I tried to hit. But in an episode like this, to cut from Buffy's going to the hospital, Willow is absolutely devastated and nobody knows, oh, yeah, let's, you know, let's make jail jokes. Like, it just, <laughs> I, I wonder if there was another way they could have reminded us that they were in jail without making us sit through that scene. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like, I don't know, they could have just, like, shown us a quick, oh, they're sitting in jail and maybe Andrew's crying and Jonathan looks, like, upset and, like, great. I don't need, like, the cutesy, the the light homophobia. I don't, I didn't need any of that. Um, <laughs> to his yeah, credit, I, though, I Andrew is that. right that um, Matthew Broderick, Broadway Matthew Broderick does leave me cold. <laughs> <I agree. laughs> Almost worth it for that. <laughs> I do think I... this scene is kind of like useless, but mm-hmm. I do just in general terms want to say that I think the trio are the scariest of all the Buffy bad guys because yeah. white, rich nerd boys in their mid twenties really are the evilest people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, the show was the world, so. had its finger on the pulse. That's mm. yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah Ahead the, of the, its time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing one of uh one of our Scooby said in an earlier episode this season was that like Andrew Warren and uh, Jonathan were totally ahead of their time because they're the guys leaving negative reviews for Captain Marvel before having seen it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. They harass me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. <laughs> I, I know these guys very well. Like, <laughs> And if they got their hands on like some occult magic, I'd be unimpressed so yeah it's uh i find them very creepy all that being said i did feel like the scene was kind of like hit the fast forward button on your vcr kids yeah yeah Yeah. um so warren walks into this demon bar which i'm not sure if we're supposed to assume is willie's like the demon bar we always see or just random other demon bar and my only note is is this vampire hot i think this oh my god he's so hot he is unbelievably (laughs) hot (laughs) 
a complete i don't know who was doing casting but between that mustache and this vampire like there's a real tom of finland energy permeating this episode (laughs) so willow walks into the magic box and i think this scene is like so iconic Mm. I, i love it and it echoes her entrance into glory's apartment with the door just like swinging open and her just standing there and it's like very like urgent music playing i don't know i i think that's and i'm sure that's an on purpose like homage to that scene because they're showing like oh that's the first time we saw willow super powered and now she's there again and also it's to get vengeance um yeah, and I, I don't know. I just love this scene. I love what Anya's wearing, uh, spoiler, because mm-hmm. I love her little Wednesday Adams top because, of course, I do. <laughs> Willow gets all the books down. She absorbs them. Lev, I'm curious what you would say, as someone who writes a universe full of witches, warlocks, and magicians, uh, what you think of the like magic, the way it's done with Willow? Oh, it's fantastic. I, I really love I mean, first of all, you know, one of the real banes of any uh, magic-based show or novel is the, like, magical research scene. Oh, my God. There's so many scenes with magicians, especially the show, the show, where they're just <laughs> sitting around in the library. Or even in even in Harry Potter, it's like, let's go to the, let's yeah. hit the library. Oh, let's go to the forbidden section of the library. It's still watching them sit there and read books. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, Willow just, like, she just sucks up that magic out of that book. Um, and it's just a gorgeous effect. Um, mm-hmm. Is that like projected on her body? I couldn't figure out how they were doing it. Um, uh, or yeah, if it's just a digital. Either. But, um, it, you know, it's just, I, I was watching and just thinking, right, you know, leave it to Buffy to, th- even even in a transitional, you know, throwaway scene to just reinvent this particular trope, which is just so omnipresent. She just sucks it up into her um, and just fills herself with power. Uh, it's kind of fantastic. Um, and it's interesting watching the way they do the magic. Um, her magic is she she's not really a spellcaster. She has kind of superpower magic. You know, she doesn't sort of say, "Okay, I'm going to read this scroll and then the magic words, and I'm going to do these things with my hands, and then the spell is going to happen." Um, you know, once she's got the magic, she just like, you know, she just um, sucks it down, and then she's sort of she's sort of a supervillain after that. Yeah, that's true. It- I didn't even think about that. You're right. It's like Tara was more of like Tara could say a spell and would be sitting there and like doing a thing. But Willow's more like superhero magic, just like blasting energy. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, I, yeah, I think it is earned here. And I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, the effects aren't always great, but whatever effect they use for this, I think like really works with the words all going up her face and yeah. making her hair black. I think it looks really cool. I had a note that if I had that power, university would have been way better for me. <laughs> because, like, it's a, that's like dream power. We'd be like, what superpower do you wish you had? And my answer is now going to be this. This. Yeah. I would just suck books <laughs> up through my hands instantaneously. Yeah. And then like deeply absorb all of their knowledge <laughs> like it's very yeah. strong stuff i wish i could have it in reverse i wish i could just like put my hand down on the second <gasps> oh, even better. Oh, oh, my book's oh yeah yeah right oh man that'd be nice oh, that would be nice that would yeah. be nice, would be nice. <laughs> and you know i i assume if you could absorb it you could probably put it back in right we're gonna for the sake of like ease we'll say yeah you can do both it's the same thing right (laughs) i like it because it's such a nice completion of the i've been ragging on this whole season's use of the drug metaphor and this is the way i wish willow's power obsession has always had always been depicted as Mm. like this is sort of the the climax of her like 
acquisition of knowledge as a way to empower herself. Um, but also in like this really irresponsible way. I really, I love this sequence because it's so thematically rich too. Like this is, this was really since season one, this was the most dangerous thing that could happen to Willow, right? She would get her hands Mm -hmm. on knowledges she shouldn't have and she would use them carelessly. Um, And I really, I think that some of the energy of the scene comes from that. Even when these like very obviously fake CGI books land on the table, it's like, whoa, this is so cool. Like I really enjoy, this is probably my favorite scene in the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then we cut to Dawn. Oh, boy. And oh, my gosh. I f- yeah. Kirsten. Yeah. You. <laughs> what do you think of this? Like, I, I generally have very little patience for Dawn. Just and it's not her fault. It's that they they recycle the same storyline with Dawn over and over again. Dawn wants attention. Dawn acts out. Dawn learns her lesson. Don wants attention. Don acts out. Don learns the lesson. So <laughs> yeah. on and so forth. Like it's just it, it it's an annoying character in that there's very little progression. But boy, this one was sad because like nobody thinks about Don. They just mm. are so caught no up. One. No one thinks. And like later in the episode where Buffy's like, we can't leave Don alone. I'm like, well, where was that thought seven hours ago? You left in the house. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Poor Dom. So yeah, I, I feel I feel really bad for Dawn. And plus Tara was so important for Dawn. Like Dawn felt yeah. Tara's loss when Willow and Tara broke up. Dara because Tara really was the heart of, of the Scoopies for this season. And boy, Dawn has just lost a lot. And yeah. And yeah, I'm not a Dawn fan. So I'm yeah. not, I'm also not a Dawn fan, but she has essentially lost three moms at this point. Yeah. Like yep. Yeah. Ooh, so, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like between Joyce and Buffy and now Tara and like, you know, she's she finds this dead body, like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Once well, again, like, trauma. Yeah. But then they fade to white so fast, it's like she sees Tara's body and then boom, fade to white. And like I don't like the pacing of this episode. I would have liked to take time away from Andrew and Jonathan. And let Dawn yeah. have this moment. Because then yeah. later you just see her sitting stunned. Like, let her have, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe, maybe I feel like Michelle Trachtenberg would have been up for that moment. Oh my moment, God, exactly. But yeah. I think she's a good actress. Um, so yeah, it, it did bother me that, you know, you have this horrible, horrible moment in an episode filled with horrible moments. But then they just cut so fast. So Yeah, you know what? When I was rewatching it, in my head, I was like, wait, I thought we see her, like, sit. But it's mm-hmm. later when Buffy enters the house that she's yeah. just been sitting. Uh, yeah, I mean, they often didn't give Dawn enough, right? Like you said, it was like they would recycle the stories, but they never, like, gave the... They never, like, paused on any of her. It was like they would show her throwing a tantrum, but that was it. They didn't show her, like, being normal upset. Like, being, like... I don't know. They, she never got enough of that. And I think they started to do a good job with her towards the end of this season like when uh, when she already when she assumes that Buffy and Spike had a relationship from Buffy's reaction and she's kind of like not judgmental about it when everyone else is they start to do some little a little bit of like dawn character development for a change and then it's like oh she gets all of this, this fucking shit thrown at her and then like finds a dead body like oh great cool uh this is also yeah, twice I, we've cut away from Dawn mourning, right? Like in mm-hmm. the body, we yeah. sort of mm-hmm. move away from her as she reacts to Joyce's death. Um, I think Kirsten's instinct is exactly right. We should have lost some of the Broderick talk 
and yeah. ha- <laughs> because Dawn is also doing the heavy lifting of the morning, right? Like actually, yeah. Xander and um, Buffy at no point seem to really register that Tara is dead. No. They don't seem yeah. to care very much. Um, yeah. It would have been nice to have. I mean, I get why that is. They sort of have a lot of like work to do this episode, but it mm-hmm. would have been nice to have someone grieve in maybe like a healthier way for Tara, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause then we, and then it's like, we go to Warren visiting rack and I just, I get that we need, we need the Warren scenes because Willow's going to be chasing him. Right. So we need these yeah. scenes of him doing this. It's just like, ugh, they could have been as short as the Dawn scene. I felt like, I didn't need him talking to Rack. I didn't need... Mm-hmm. It just could have been like, he goes to Rack. Rack's like, oh, actually, Willow's the one after you. And that's it. End of that scene. I don't need... I was surprised like, they went for the witch-witch joke, like, you know, in yeah. the middle of that. <laughs> that, <Right? laughs> that fruit was hanging very low. <laughs> I do like this scene for one particular beat, which is that it has the insistence from Warren that he's not just a kid and Rack being like, okay. Cause it has like a nice little, I actually have a lot of problems with the way everyone conceives of the ethics of um, Willow going after Warren here, but the reminder that actually he's quite young is important to me in this mm. suite. Um, right. Yeah. They, I've been rewatching uh season seven actually just to like prepare for when we get there. And because it's like kind of relevant while being in quarantine, since it's a bunch of people stuck in a house. <laughs> um, but uh, they actually explicitly say their ages in um, conversations with dead people. Buffy says she's 21. So it's like, oh, they're like 19 in this episode. And one would assume Warren is the same age as Jonathan and Andrew, who went to high school with Buffy and Willow and Xander. So, yeah, it's like, oh, they're like 19, maybe 20. And yeah, I, I think you're right, Anthony. That is a good reminder that they are. I mean, still... I agree. I'm like, fucking get him, Willow. But yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> not is... I'm not suggesting like, oh, well, you can kill a few people when you're <laughs> oh, also. <laughs> um, does that mean he's underage drinking in, in when he goes to the bar? I don't know when Americans can drink. Is that? Oh, yeah. The, the age 21. is 21. Oh, I mean... Well, then he's just he's asking for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a phrase I mean... which comes up multiple times, I think, in this episode, actually. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. Oh, boy. So we get the hospital scene, which I do really like. Um, uh, and Willow I, just... I love that there's an operating room window and Xander's just standing there watching <laughs> yeah. perform emergency surgery. Like, mm, have you been to a hospital? <laughs> he just needed to give him something to do here. There is a general, like, an under-researchedness about the hospital. Like, also, yeah. I mean, I love... Yeah. I, obviously, she's one of the greatest actresses, but Sarah Michelle Geller having been shot, I'm like, is this how a perforated lung acts like she just kind yeah. of looks like she's taking a small nap and it's like i'm pretty sure they're talking about how wet her lungs are and it's like she's fine <laughs> she's not struggling to breathe yeah yeah scene also has one of my least favorite tv tropes which is ripping the ivs out of the Ugh, the worst yeah. can't that happens in like every show and i just i can't handle it kids don't do that don't, don't do that <laughs> don't do it yeah, so my, my husband was sitting on the couch with me last night while I was watching this, and he always makes good commentary, but yeah, as he's watching Buffy on that parading table, he said, didn't she already die before? And I was like, yes, twice. You've read my books. I make that joke. <laughs> That's another reason why the Buffy getting shot story doesn't, the, the urgency never felt there, even yeah. when I remember watching this, because it's like, she's already died twice at this right. point in the show. Yeah. Y- you know they can't kill her again, if only for the fact that, like, 
it would be repetitive, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's three episodes left till the end of the season. They're not going to kill her now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I, that always felt a little flat. It might have been stronger like, if Xander had been shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, I always yeah. feel that. Mm-hmm. And then it would mean, it would mean more at the end when he's the one who talks her down too. Mm-hmm. Mm. He just sort of walks through the next two episodes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, and you're right. And it's not like Buffy could, even though Buffy's a superhero, it's not like she can do anything about a bullet wound. So it'd make yeah. more sense that like they're still going through the motions of the hospital and everything and everyone's worried because Buffy can't do anything about it. Yeah, you know and it, I mean? it's always nice to see Buffy in situations where she is powerless because yeah. she's so, you know, we're so used to her having power. Um, yeah, I agree. I think that would have been would have been a better dynamic. Um, yeah, then Willow shows up. Glad she took the time to go and change. Yes, quite a few <laughs> costume changes happen in yeah. the next mm-hmm. few episodes. Yeah, and it wasn't that she magically changed her outfit because she still has the shirt at her at yeah. her college apartment. So she she went to her dorm room and yeah. changed and then went to the hospital. <laughs> so like, you know what? I admire a girl who's committed to an aesthetic. Like uh, Yeah, but, I, I appreciate it. You know, maybe questioning the priorities a little bit. <laughs> and I believe we we actually I think we're recording out of order and I believe someone pointed out that the outfit she's wearing she has worn before. Is that right, yes. Ian? Yeah. She wears it. Yeah, um we I actually also recorded with the um costume designer from Buffy and I asked her and she was like, "Hmm, I don't remember." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she wears it. She wears that same jacket and like all black outfit when she's outside the magic box in Dead Things when her and Tara have their like first encounter since their like final breakup um and i always i mean it had to have been on purpose right there's no way it wasn't because they don't often wear the same clothes on this show i find they do i find that like well there's xander's jacket for season six you know like buffy wears the jacket she wears in this one multiple times this was i guess before shows had like everybody's costume was supplied by some you know clothing company like it really does feel like these kids have six outfits to me i don't know maybe i'm wrong i i feel like they wear a lot of variations of the same outfit but i don't ever think i don't know i, I mean in season seven buffy wears a lot of white turtlenecks and jean jackets which i do love <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i love it but yeah the i don't know um yeah that's true i don't know uh but so then we get so she saves buffy i kind of like and this is the thing i think we get a little less of moving forward but i like the like oh willow's going quote unquote dark she's hunting this guy to murder him but she is going to pause to make sure her best friend doesn't die like it's not totally like cartoon evil Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. like oh i'm vengeful but also i don't of course i don't want my best friend to die so let me stop by and save her but on my way to murder this man um and i think we could have used a little bit more of that the like layers to that where it's like, oh, she wants to kill evil things, but still wants to save her best friend. You know what I mean? I think there's a little bit of that in all of the characters, because I do kind of feel like one of the themes of this episode is that everyone is giving into their addictions uh, in in a dark way. You know, Willow's turning evil. Anya's going back to being a vengeance demon. We're seeing all these these people returning to sort of their like worst habits or worst Mm. personality traits. They're the darkest part of themselves. But I think the common thread through all of those is that at the end of the day, if they're good, there's still that like sliver in there. You can still see a glimmer of that in there. Like the people that they are doesn't totally disappear just because they have 
gone down this dark path or given into their addictions, you know, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. definitely prevalent with low. And I, I like that as a thematic kind of moment. Yeah. Um, so then we, then we move to them chasing the bus, right? <laughs> and I, what Anthony? No, I love it. I love, I love these. <laughs> I actually really like all of these Willow set pieces. I think it's clearly like the funnest part of writing this episode was like, and then she stops a bus, and then she pulls a bullet out, and then the books come flying off the shelves. Like, I think all of it really works. Also, I really, Allison Hannigan is like really playing like this like white knuckling happening throughout where it's just like she just has to get through the next eight hours and she has no plan to survive past those eight hours she's gonna get the revenge that she needs to get and that'll be it like yeah you can tell she's like she's made the choice to play it as like okay tara's dead i'm dead Mm -hmm. so this is just going to be about the like evening the scales and that's it and i really love the way she's like not even accessible to speak to you know Mm -hmm. like there's something really great about that the the car scene Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was in my notes, actually. I said I love that, like, Xander and Buffy are kind of, like, nonstop talking, and Willow is clearly preoccupied and, like, doesn't give a shit what they're saying. It's just like, I gotta get Warren. That's the only thing I care about. I do not care what you people are saying at all. Evil goth Willow stopping the bus here definitely had a big impact on my bisexuality. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but looking uh-huh. back evident <laughs> yeah well is she i mean she, Sorry, she's she's still only going for the drama. Tell you about hot people. Yeah. i actually can't tell how they filmed this part where the bus stops because it looks like it's really her mm-hmm. yeah and i love that she doesn't like stop it it looks like she like sped it up and then stopped it it was kind of hard to tell <laughs> the drama and I love yeah. that she's getting right in the middle of the road like she is just she dark willow is drama and i'm i'm kind of into it yeah 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 and she like doesn't give a shit she like doesn't care what's going on she doesn't care that all those people are in that bus and like she's gonna murder a man in front of all she's just like great this is what we're doing to be fair they don't seem to care either no No one (laughs) it is true (laughs) no one in any way reacts to these events (laughs) if they're coming from sunnydale Uh, though they're probably like oh yeah it's tuesday One last True, thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, oh, an evil witch is stopping the bus to murder someone. Okay. Can we right. can we do this quicker? Yeah. I, I got a connection to make. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when I can remember when I watched this live, because the show always had such a limited budget, when she pulls Warren and like chokes him and his eye pops out, I remember thinking it was supposed to be Oh no. Like Ian. there was a split second <laughs> where I was like, holy crap, Willow like popped his eyeball out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is horrible like yeah. it is like there's some real body horror yeah. in this eye popping out thing mm. um and then she teleports away which is not a thing they establish it's a major plot point in the next episode that she cannot teleport and yet she just vanishes here yeah. I, I guess they have to get her out of the scene somehow you can't watch her sort of march <laughs> onto the horizon I will say, <laughs> i'm not sure if it's it's the quarantine or just me being me because i always have a lot of feelings but when Willow turns to them and tells them yeah. that w- that Tara got shot, my like heart hurt. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, God, because it's like she's trying not to be emotional because she just wants to kill Warren. And like you said, she's white knuckling it. And she's just like, I got to get through murdering him. And that's all I care about. So she's it's almost like she doesn't want to be telling them about this because she doesn't care about what they have to think yeah. or what they have to say. Mm. Um, 
But I do think all three of them are doing some good acting because the like shock yeah. that Buffy and Xander feel over like, oh shit, our best friend's girlfriend was murdered in our house. Like, we and they've been with her this whole time and they didn't know. Right. Yeah. But I just wanted one of them to hug her. Like they both just yeah. stand there and then she says she's going to kill Warren and they immediately start arguing with her. And so like you said, there, there's not, we never see Buffy and Xander really mourn for Tara. They just immediately move into, no, you can't do this thing, Willow. And like, I'm like, just, mm-hmm. just hug her. Come on. Like, it, it, yeah. The whole thing's been extremely underwritten in yeah. a sort of, sort of slightly odd way. If you look at the transcript on the page, it's just sort of like, oh my God, Tara, Christ, Will, yeah. you didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, they're sort of, uh, this show in general is so good at making you feel death like it feels like death but it doesn't quite feel like death here mm-hmm. mm. yeah, yeah their conversation kind of loops itself too like it immediately becomes like oh the moral implications yeah. it's like could you be a human <laughs> yeah. for 30 seconds yeah, yeah. Where, whereas yes. when Dawn is like good like yeah. I wish I could do it like there's something really like she's absolutely right like why that would you would be not your first reaction like, yeah. 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 yeah yeah yes Yes, so which brings us to they get back to the house. Mm-hmm. Buffy finds Tara's dead body and ugh, Dawn. I Michelle Trachenberg is really, I think she's really good mm-hmm. in this scene. And like, she's clearly in shock. Her body's, she's shaking, but she also, you know, she loves Tara and you know that she does. And she didn't know what else to do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, she's depending on who's writing the episode. She's between 14 and 16. <laughs> so like, that's traumatic for anyone, mm-hmm. but especially like a child mm-hmm. who that was one of their mother figures. Uh, and yeah, the conversation they have, which I don't know if you all noticed, but there's very clearly a picture of Joyce Summers, like in frame mm. behind Dawn. Oh, I've never noticed. Hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's on the little uh, like end table by the couch. And the way the shot is framed is that you can see it right in between them. Uh, and I don't know. I This conversation, Buffy pissed me off yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I understand that it's mostly due to Willow. She doesn't want Willow to go over the deep mm-hmm. end, right? Like, I, I, I get that. But also, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> The like, I'm just like, I, yeah, I agree with Don. Like, good. Like, he deserves it. I don't know. We live, we live in Sunnydale. There, there like are no rules, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. this is actually my favorite scene in the episode for a bunch of the reasons we've talked about. It's one of the only times where we see someone actually having a grief reaction mm-hmm. to what's just happened, a really reasonable reaction. And, and because I think it states really clearly the like core premise of the episode, which is that you know, Warren committed a human crime and should be punished under human law, which is what Buffy thinks. And Dawn and Willow are kind of like, mm, we make exceptions all the time. <laughs> and frankly, like, I'm kind of on team, like, Willow and Dawn in this instance. And I'm curious to know, like, how do you guys feel about this? Like, what side what side of the coin would y'all fall on here? See, given, given what we know about Sunnydale. Yeah, I think that they should have emphasized more, and they did a little bit, but they should have emphasized more, no, we need to go save Willow. Not we need to keep Willow from killing Xander, but we need to save Willow because, you know, yeah. th- this magic has taken hold of her and we know the consequences of that. And so I think yeah. if they had leaned just a little bit more into focusing on willow not mm-hmm. we need to get to her before she kills warren we've got to because he's a human he can't be killed but more of like we need to save our friend because she needs us right now 
Um, mm. I think that would have been better because, yeah, it kind of looks like Buffy's like, no, we have to save Warren so that he can have human justice. Like, no, nah, I'll let him die. I don't care. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> and I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Lev, what did you think about the scene? Oh, you know, there, I don't think there's any. I, I think that would have been a much better, better way to, to, to reframe it um, sort of dramatically and emotionally. Um you know, there's there's nobody who watches this who wants um who who wants Warren to come out the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, in, you know, and <clears throat> from a practical point of view, I don't have a ton of faith in the criminal justice system to deal with Warren effectively. I don't think he's going to get what's coming to him <laughs> from mm-hmm. you know uh, from from all from all the um uh you know the the semi competent cops who police uh, Sunnydale. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's it's framed slightly wrong and it's slightly, you sort of, you strain to see it as a genuine moral dilemma, or I did, but that might be because I'm just personally deeply immoral. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about the problem of the uh, Jonathan and Andrew scene. One of the problems of the Jonathan and Andrew scene is it establishes that he is not at all convinced that they will stay in jail, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there is no indication that the police are trying to find Warren um, there is no like we're we're not encouraged to believe that he will ever be brought to any kind of human justice. I've talked before. It's kind of become a hobby horse of mine that like the ethical system Buffy employs is not really coherent. Yeah. Like, oh, like Warren, Warren has to face human justice. Like you, to me, it would make more sense if she was like, I operate in the space where human justice breaks down mm-hmm. because otherwise it becomes like a weirdly speciesist yeah. argument, especially as Angel yeah. is continuing yeah. its own run. Mm-hmm. Like. We see Clem in this episode. Clem is clearly like a a morally competent person. Yeah. You can't kill him just because he's a demon. Yeah. So the the Warren emphasis is completely wrong. And actually, they move the goalposts next episode because as soon as Warren's dead, they're like, "Oh, but if we can't kill Jonathan and Andrew, is now right. a step too far, mm-hmm. right?" Like as soon as right. Warren's <laughs> dead, we no longer care that she's killed Warren. Um, <laughs> so the whole thing doesn't work for me. I think Buffy could have sophisticated her ethics a bit by the time we reached season six mm-hmm. it would have been more effective if the if the uh, uh, uh if the police were were, were <clears throat> a little more active on the scene yeah, yeah. i don't even know did, did mm-hmm. they, i think there's some there's some passing reference to the fact that they came and left um yeah but if you need you need like a proper like columbo figure on the scene asking questions exactly you know, yeah. digging yeah. into this or, or, something doesn't add up here yeah or you see like a police manhunt going so you know that the wheels of justice are moving Right. But yeah, exactly. we don't see yeah. any of that. Yeah. Xander does use the phrase pretty yellow tape, which feels like an accidental foreshadowing of the importance of the color yellow <laughs> in the in the finale. His, his line about... <laughs> it, it chimes with his shirt in the, earlier yeah, in the episode right? as well. He has, <laughs> he, has yeah. a, he has a yellow thing. Yeah. And his line about I've had blood on my hands all day was really good. I feel like as much as he has very little to do in this episode, he does really well with all of it. Yeah. 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 I, I think everyone does really well in this episode. Um, and so then we get Dawn says if she can't go with them, oh boy. which is annoying because they should have let, I mean, they left Dawn alone with that dead body for like how many hours? Yeah. But like, no, going to help Willow is too much. Yeah. Feels like, give me a break. Did you see the day she had? Yeah. Although given what does happen, it's right. probably for the best yeah. that she was in there. So in hindsight, <laughs> correct yes. good parenting. And the moment, mm, questionable. Yeah. And you know, they could have referenced the fact that when Willow was 
high or whatever on magic before she did get dawn hurt and they don't they don't reference that um but yeah so then you have the spike awkwardness of yeah i couldn't remember oh anthony neither of you oh neither of you were on for uh seeing red i forgot i can't remember if when xander would have known about what happened with spike and buffy in the bathroom i don't know if that was like off camera or whatever because that feels like something buffy would never tell no he any he of them. doesn't i i can't does he find her yeah he he <laughs> sees oh, her yeah. right after and he sees the bruises like he knows xander's right. the only one who knows what happened and and i yeah i have mixed feelings about buffy trying to protect dawn from that because like i don't know i have well i have a lot of issues with that entire plot line that we're not going to get into for reasons <laughs> of, of reasons um yes i but I'm don't glad worry that, i'll say all yeah, that i'm glad that we have clem i like clem and i felt like clem was mm-hmm. like a very comforting presence in the middle of all of this and like that was the one responsible thing they did was was take dawn yeah. to someone where you know she's going to have a safe non-threatening maybe they'll eat some cats right. but other than that right. <laughs> she's gonna be okay with clem <laughs> Like I would, I would imagine Clem doesn't even want to watch like a gory no, movie. No. He wants to watch something Dawn yeah, would want to watch. Maybe like right? Notting Hill, or uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he <laughs> says the Wedding Planner. Oh, he wants to watch go. the wedding. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Wrong Julia Roberts, but oh no, wait, the Wedding Planner is J Lo, isn't it? Dang it. <laughs> yes, I think it oh, is. Well. Is it? No. Wedding Planner. Yeah, that's yeah. J Lo. Yeah, Wedding Planner yeah. is J Lo. Yeah. 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 All right. So then we get Willow in her dorm, and I'm not gonna lie. When we get to the dorm, I thought, "Where the fuck is Willow?" <laughs> like, yeah, I completely forgot. I, I mean, that's she, not a set she has a ever dorm. see. Yeah, yeah, it was a little weird. Right, it's completely different from any dorm we had mm-hmm. seen previously. Because in my brain, I was like, maybe it's Tara's dorm, but we had seen Tara's, and it was like she had like all like witchy black walls mm-hmm. with like the lights and well there's actually but an also... establishing shot that it's stevenson which is where yeah which is where willow lives mm-hmm. yeah. um but like why don't she even have a dorm she lives in buffy's house but anyway whatever <laughs> sure we needed we needed her to have a spot where she could do a tracking spell uh so which i have to say to... is my least favorite trope of anything i really hate the phrase locating spell <laughs> it drives me nuts am i the only one <laughs> maybe i am I mean, but i just I mean, why like, that's what it is right i guess it just seems so like a mundane use of magic to me i don't know i don't know i do lo- i love this effect though yeah, again like cool this is a clever way to do it like i mm-hmm. love the idea of like let the blood speak and then we have this uh, kind of dorky looking map but it's like, very effective mm-hmm. i thought mm-hmm. <laughs> So then we get the Clem scene, which I do really like. Uh, Kirsten, I think you've said it almost all season how like, yeah, Clem is just, it's such a nice, it's such a nice break in like everyone's miserable, but then there's Clem and he's like, a sweetheart. Yeah. I want to eat some snacks. Yeah. Like that's what he wants yeah. to do. Buffy has given her hair like a blowout at this point, right? <laughs> Suddenly it's like got a light crimp in it. She's got the cute camel jacket going. Mm-hmm. I want to put a pin in here because this is going to be my favorite outfit yeah. of the episode. She looks good. <laughs> Everyone has had a shower. They've washed the blood of their friends Mm -hmm. off. It's great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have a reset for the day. Yeah. And then uh, hooray for Spike. He has finished driving his motorcycle to generic pastiche Africa somehow. Yes. The set design of that village was so unnecessary and so oh my god cringy like oh my gosh like here's a pile of tires and look this tent has hubcaps 
<laughs> I feel like I'm implicated by this scene, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, how did he get there? Via boat? <laughs> like, he can't take an airplane because some might. Like, I just have a lot of questions, and I feel like, why not just suddenly have him in a cave? Why do we have to have that mm-hmm. one scene of yep. him walking through a very questionable taste village? Yeah. Um, also, we have had several extras who really could have benefited from having a line of dialogue mm-hmm. and who did not get paid for a line of dialogue mm-hmm. in this episode. And yet we need this scene of the guy yelling at him. I really hate everything. Yeah. I would take out these like the Warren and Andrew scene was or the Jonathan and Andrew scene was one thing. But this is yeah. the scene that really needs to be cut. 100%. Yeah. Coming to this scene without like having watching this episode in a vacuum, I was like, yeah. had I not had the context of like. <laughs> what was going? It's just like it. It makes no sense in the overall structure of the episode, like yeah. as it stands. And I, you know, conceptually, I understand what has been and what will happen in the season to necessitate this episode. But like, did it have to happen here? This is kind of an important episode. Yeah. Like, there's kind of other stuff going on. We could probably have waited on the cave scene. Like, it's not really that important, actually. I agree. Um, I agree. There was no reason yeah. for it to be in this part of this episode because they reference yeah. Mike. You know, he's gone. And like, right. yeah, I yeah, I agree. And it could have just I so we see him leave on his motorcycle. It literally could have this scene could have started with him in the cave. Like I didn't yep. need yeah. the set. I think the scene should have started like he's in a cave, we don't know where, and that's yeah. fine, right? It doesn't matter. They often go in season seven, she suddenly finds this old woman who's like been taking care of the slayers forever and whatever. Yeah. And she's in a crypt in Sunnydale. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> fine. Okay. <laughs> also not my favorite thing, but well, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But, we'll get there. But, will but we? You know I mean? will we? <laughs> Next year. Anthony and Kirsten will quit the podcast by the time we get there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just feel like we often see things, you know, and in the Dracula episode, they make a joke about, you know what I never <laughs> saw in Sunnydale? The big honking castle. I'm fine with yeah. that. Like, <laughs> So yeah, we get all that. And I'm going to say the thing that we're all maybe thinking is that I hate, hate, hate the language Spike uses in this scene because yes, all the writers always knew that Spike was going to get his soul back. That was always the plot. That was always their plan. They planned it out that he was going to get his soul back. But the 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 like wording he uses is not the wording of someone that's like, I'm in love with this person. I want to get them what they deserve. You don't say the bitch is going to get what she deserves yeah. right, right. when it's someone that you're like you're in love yeah. with but you're getting something nice for them right? he uses the word bitch twice yeah. warren yes. only uses it once this episode oh, like that, that gives you some sense brutal. of the level of misogyny we're dealing with in this scene yeah not and a fan it, I, like i get that it's a red herring right and on purpose one but i there's other ways he could have looked mad and just not said anything we i we didn't need the like hints of what he was there for because we still don't know what the fuck he's there for even with him saying that yeah so like sure just show him in a cave have this demon talking to him and then he starts whatever fight he starts which you know happens next episode but i the the wording is just not there for me and this is one of like the few times when i'd be like i don't know why they made this character say these things Mm -hmm. So moving on. (laughs) Can I just, I would like it if, I realize I'm happy for James Marsders to get a paycheck, but 
I think he should have left on the motorcycle and we didn't see him till season seven. I agree. Yeah. yeah, same. I agree. And it would have been such like a good, like such a good twist because suddenly he's back in season seven and he's just broken and hearing voices. And so having that gap of like, what happened? I think yeah. it would have been right. so good. Yeah. He's just gone. And then suddenly he's back and something is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, we're not going to get, other than the twist of, like, your soul, Mm -hmm. the rest of these trials are so dorky. Like, the guy with the flaming fists. Yeah. Like, there's the bugs. I, I, like, okay, I'm glad James Marsers got paid, but he should have vanished, and maybe I never saw him again. And then season seven, it's like, oh, shit, like, the status quo has completely been upended, Mm -hmm. and he's crazy, and, oh, he has a soul. Like, I think that's a better... Dorky is like the perfect descriptor for everything else that happens to him <laughs> throughout the course of the season. Like, could not have put it better. Yeah, I love Spike coming back with Paul, but yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, I, I, yes, and I think that it works. It would have worked better without knowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, oh wow, Spike's just in the basement, and we don't know what happened. Um, and I love that we're all you throwing around the word dorky when all of y'all write. <laughs> like fantasy sci-fi stuff and I have a host of Buffy podcast. We're fully all sitting here for two hours on Mother's Day like, discussing oh, so a 20-year-old episode of nerd television. Like, But I think that in fact gives us the right to determine what is dorky because we are intimately familiar. Well, no, I have no problem with dorky as like a register to play with and like it's a tool in the, the box but like the the rest of the season is trying to do this like broody moody piece about like the stakes of vengeance and addiction and i have to watch i have to keep cutting back to spike getting bugs up his nose and it's like what, <laughs> what are we doing i mean there's various moments even in this episode that like like when willow gets stuck in the jello mold mm-hmm. and stuff it's like it doesn't actually bother me because it's still within the realm of like the story it's telling but the Spike stuff just feels like an episode of Charmed to me. Like, totally. I just don't mm. get it. Mm-hmm. Which is the worst insult I can imagine. Harsh burn, yeah. The C-bomb. Uh, I like Charmed, but it is a, it is another level of cheesiness. And it embraced that cheesiness. Right, yeah, totally. exactly. Like, it's not what Buffy does, exactly. right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, people, yes, people compare the two, but I often think it's an unfair comparison. Yeah. Because, yes, I do think Charmed wasn't trying to be wasn't trying to do what Buffy mm-hmm. was doing they just happened to be shows starring women who like did magic at yeah. the same time yeah but so we go to the magic mm-hmm. box um I really hate the way both Buffy and Xander talk to Anya yes. in this scene yep yep yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> uh Sam talk on that <laughs> it's just so condescending and shitty and they don't even take a second to try to like understand Anya's perspective at all and they actually don't really ask her any like there's just no dialogue here it's kind of just Xander and Buffy like talking at her in this way that I find really like uncomfortable and angry making and I I deeply hate it but I too deeply love Anya's outfit yeah was it the first time they've seen her since the wedding no no because remember she slept with Spike Oh right, and right, they right, like. Right, right, right. I I forgot that they didn't. Cause she so she disappears for one episode, um, normal again, but then comes back in entropy and then is there for seeing red. But seeing red is just her and Halfrek mm-hmm. talking. Um, but I forgot that they don't know because we know the audience knows that she's had her vengeance demon powers, but they don't know, which I totally forgot. 
Um, but yeah, Buffy immediately being like, I have to know if you're with us or you're get like they're talking to their yeah. friends, like yeah. don't be an asshole. Yeah. Well, and then they're like, they're like, How could you do this? Okay, use your powers to help us. Like <laughs> yeah. one or the other folks, either you're gonna cut her out for being a demon again, or you're gonna be like, Cool, let's move on. Like, yeah. yeah. I is also yeah. the only person who actually is like, I think I would like to do this in order to help my friend mm-hmm. Willow, yes. mm-hmm. who's obviously in some pain right now. Yeah. And I think we should be nice to her. And they're like, that sounds like a demon thing to say. And she's like, oh, I don't know. It's just gonna be a yeah. Like, yeah, which is very bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she she flat out says, I'm helping Willow. Whereas yeah. you really yeah. know why Buffy's do. Yeah, yeah. I just love I love Anya so much. Me too. Forever. Yeah, I I do always think it was a missed opportunity. And I mean, I know of course it has to be about Buffy versus Willow. Mm-hmm. That I mean Buffy's the star. But I would have liked if we got to see Anya do a little like, you know, we know that Vengeance Demons kinda can't be killed, yeah. right? Like we've we saw Halfrek get the sword through her, Anya gets the sword through her in season seven. So we know like they have a point of invulnerability as to whether where that like ends and begins but i feel like it would have been cool to see anya be able to like get in on some of the fighting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Use her powers. it also would have let you say like oh my god look at how powerful willow has become yeah. which it, whereas instead right. anya has to spend the rest of the season basically teleporting from location to location relaying and she's basically a cell phone mm-hmm. for the rest of the season mm-hmm. right it's knocked out a lot yeah, yeah. and it's like ugh, well why would you like again structurally why would you give a character this much power and not do something with it for the back end, right? Like either get her off the board or have Willow take her off the board, which then says like something about the stakes and like, like, like to Sam's point, like it would have been cool if like, no, I'm going to try to talk to our friend. And then you like have Anya like knocked out and then it's like, oh my God. So she really is past saving. She really is hurting people. Yeah. 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 That would have been stronger. So then we go on to the woods and I, I will say I like you said, Anthony. Even when she's stuck in the Jello, I think all of this works. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Cool. It. I. I love that she's not phased by anything. Like mm-hmm. will, Warren has all of these things, and she is just shrugging them all off left and right. One of them's a freaking bomb, and she's like, eh, <laughs> "No big deal." And I love yeah. the, the axe to the back <laughs> moment. Is it's terrible because it comes out of nowhere and it is shocking, yeah. and like she's just laying there, and you're like. And then she stands up. And, like, I think that was a great moment. Like, yes. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it, again, shows you, like, Warren will just flat out murder any woman in his way. Yeah. yeah. No hesitation. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, watching him, it's, I mean, it's gratifying from the moment she's in those woods till the end. Yeah. But, like, watching this, like, piece of shit <laughs> who we watched all season be terrible, just, like, scramble around the woods it's like the opposite of a horror movie right where it's like (laughs) this guy would normally be the one stalking like the like younger woman in the woods but she's stalking him in the woods she's not phased he has a bunch of things to use against her but they don't work yeah and he is clearly terrified and i i do think adam bush is doing some pretty good acting with like his posturing of like you know calling her names and like mocking her, but also looking absolutely terrified. And oh I yeah, the way he won't look her in the eyes, like even when he's talking yeah. trash, he's looking side to side to side. Like he will not look her in the eyes, and like yeah, he does. 
he does a really good job. I do feel bad for him, though, because can you imagine going on casting calls after this? Anyone who ever watched oh, Fountain yeah. would be like, no, I just <laughs> want you to die. <laughs> well, that's what's great about it is like the whole time you're like, you're cheering for her and terrified she's going to yeah. do like when yeah. when the board now moment happens it's like oh my god yay oh no yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. at the same time yes. <laughs> uh yeah i i i anthony i know you watched drag race i kept thinking of that uh get her jade gif where the person's yeah. like and everyone always uses that like i kept thinking of that i was like yes please please get him because right like i of course after this episode willow goes off the mm-hmm. deep end but like yeah, I mean, he murdered Tara and tried to murder Buffy. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know, man. So again, my husband was sitting next to me, and when when Warren releases that flying bomb, my husband was like, "Is that the golden snitch?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the giant cubicle snitch. Also, when she says that, and maybe I heard this wrong. Does Willow say you have a mad on for Buffy? Yeah, there's also something about a big O. So yeah, they Buffy they can't there. say mm. hard on. They had to say mad on. I'm- Oh, is that what it is? I, that's what I'm oh saying. Like, that a hard on was too crude or something. Because, like, a mad on, that's not a thing. Has anyone That's ever amazing that you can show a man skinned alive, but right? you can't but say you the can't word say hard, hard on. on. Yeah. America. Yeah. But uh-huh. one thing that I really actually like about this scene is usually when you have a good guy killing a bad guy, the, the show does something that makes it necessary in the moment. Like maybe she's hesitating and he's going to attack her. So she has to kill him. He's in that got moment. a gun. Yeah, you right. know? yeah. And so they do something to soften it, to give that reasonable, like, well, she actually had to. And this does not do that. He's tied yeah. to trees no. and she is killing him in a brutal way. She's driving the bullet through him. And then when that catharsis is done for her, she just, boom, he's dead. She doesn't, need to kill him and like i actually really respect the show for doing that and for not figuring out a cheat that would give sort of a uh well but it was justifiable like she had to do it she didn't yeah and and i like that i like that they went all in on that yeah and just the obvious thing the board now thing calls back when she was a vampire right like that that we are in an evil space Mm -hmm. I can remember the gay gasp I let out <laughs> when she said "bored now." Yes, yeah, because <laughs> it like, while it's obviously a callback, it also like she is bored. Like Kirsten said, she's done torturing him, so it's like, oh, now it's time to kill mm-hmm. him. She's she's bored of whatever bullshit he's saying. She's bored of you know him making excuses. Uh, and I just while it's a callback, it's it's a well done callback. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's. It just is so, so cathartic good. as an audience member too, as a woman who is forced to listen to like these guys spout their bullshit all of the time where they always feel like they have something to say and they always feel like they have a reason for their behavior and like everything is justifiable to them when she's just like, mm, I'm actually die <laughs> and like cuts him <laughs> off in the middle of his sentence and doesn't give him the opportunity <laughs> to do that. It's really like delicious mm-hmm. as a viewer, yeah. I think. <laughs> There's something very moving about it too, because I think I, I, watching her, I, I, I feel like she's starting to realize that it's it's not going to make her feel better yep. killing Warren. Yeah, yep. um, it's already the high's already going, and she's going to be left alone with her grief. Yeah, totally. yeah, that's yeah, that's that is really true. 
She's also obviously unsettled, as I was, by his very hairy chest. Oh, yes. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It was carpet. I couldn't remember the continuity. Like, is he part gorilla or something? Did I miss something like that? No, he's just a, he's a mainstream human. He just has a really hairy chest. As someone who is very um, hairy, um, I was wondering if that was like they added more to make it easier to do the bullet. I, I didn't know what was going on there because like, it's a I, have a pretty, I don't think so. I have a pretty hairy chest, but it looks like a carpet. Yeah, like it looks yeah. fake. I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but also they put a lot of shadow on it, mm-hmm. which I appreciate because if I were an actor who didn't, you know, need to look like Spike, I would look like me and I'd be like, absolutely not. I'm not taking my shirt off. <laughs> Please put some shadow on this. <laughs> Um, and also she, I like that she tortures him with Katrina. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like has mm-hmm. her come in. That's, I mean, the, the weird, the weirdness of the magic here is a little like, yes. like you said, Lev, she's kind of just like superhero. Cause it's like, what the hell is she doing? How, mm-hmm. like, is she also reading his mind, but also like creating, I don't really know what's going on there, but I like it. So I don't care. The way right? that I read that moment too, is that she thinks that this is what would torture him because that's what would torture like a good person. Mm-hmm. It's what would torture Willow because it's what she's going through. And he just like, I interpret this as he just like, doesn't care. Yeah. He's just like, and yeah. And yeah. like, it just shows how pathologically misogynist he is. And it's like, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, because doesn't he say like you deserve yeah. that his like yelling at Katrina is like you deserved it, you bitch or something yep. like that. His yeah. one bitch, mm-hmm. whereas Spike had two. <laughs> right. Like that's sort of <laughs> another way this episode is sort of undercutting itself is like Willow is bored of this misogyny and meanwhile I'm supposed to be rooting for it in Africa, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, quotes Africa. Yes. Yeah. Eric. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I will say a weird thing that I'm gonna point out is that I remember being a little confused as to what was going on and it it's totally uh, like the symptom of their limited budget, right? Because when she skins Warren alive, he still has pants on. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I don't think I ever attended to that. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Well, skin, that was but like, I'll leave the like pants. That was like in uh, X-Men 3 where um, Gene is slaying oh, Wolverine, Wolverine alive, yeah. but his pants make it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, just take off his pants. It's fine. They're made of whatever the Hulk's pants yeah. are. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, because like, it's like she skins him alive and we see his shirt and like everything fly, but it's like, ooh, did she not skin the bottom because <laughs> he's wearing pants? Wow. And like, I feel like that would have been very easy to just frame from the waist yeah. up. Mm. Yeah. So that way, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, but, uh, and then the way she lights him on fire is really cool. I, I like that everyone. I appreciate this show sometimes does this, which I like is they get there, but they get there too late, Mm -hmm. right? They get there the moment she rips his skin off. And I kind of like the idea that they don't succeed in doing the thing. Their whole episode is a race to stop Willow from Mm -hmm. doing this. And they fucking Mm -hmm. fail. I I love that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, then uh, the Scoobies, so the Scoobies watch her flay him alive. Um, Willow says the line one down and teleports away, which leads us into the next episode and ends this one. Um, yeah, does anyone else have anything to say about that ending? Oh, man. It's just iconic. Yeah. It's yeah, like right. iconic shit. Like, it has survived the decades as, like, Bored Now is iconic, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Goth Willow is yeah. iconic. Like, it's it's truly, like, it influenced a generation, I think, mm-hmm. of, like, people who watch these kinds of shows and 
want to see one of their characters turn evil. Like it's just, it's like the prototype for so much of that, I think. And yeah. When I like that they made it a three episode arc, so they didn't have to pull back at this one. This one, they got to go all the way. And, and that's nice because you don't see that very often. Like there was a, I mean, how many times did we see Clark can't go evil on Smallville or, you know, that was such a trope is that they're suddenly evil for this episode, but they never go all the way. And in this one, they did like, yeah. yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, uh, Lev. I was thinking of the magicians and how I kept thinking of, especially in the show, like they would have been like, yeah, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's a dilemma that never got. Um, well, let's see. And now I'm I'm going back. Uh, I get I get my show continuity and book continuity confused. Um. <laughs> um Elliot definitely kills his boyfriend. Um, uh, yeah, there's some human slaying going on, definitely. Um, uh, uh, when Elliot kills his boyfriend, it's true. Nobody has a real massive crisis over it. They just thought, well, it had to be. Um, and they <laughs> yeah. sort of move <laughs> they move on. <laughs> so now that we're at the end, um, favorite outfit, Kirsten. <laughs> Um, oh gosh. I mean, I'm going to say Xander's shirt at the beginning with blood on it, because, like, what? What was that? But I will never forget it. So, Fair. costume designer win. Fair. Fair. Uh, Sam? Uh, it's, I mean, I know I'm not the only person who's going to say this, but it's definitely Anya. She's got the black shirt with this white Peter Pan collar, mm-hmm. and then black and white pants, and this ponytail look and it's just I feel like it's something that I would not only have worn in the early 2000s but would still wear today like very (laughs) happily and it's I love it it's such a good look for her this like weird demon librarian it's great Lev Uh, I I have to recuse myself Uh, if you could see me in person you would realize that I'm not qualified in any way to make judgments about clothes Um, I will say that I watched this show with my um, uh, 15 year old child uh, and they could not get past Sanders yellow shirt at all at all they were stuck the whole episode (laughs) they just (laughs) they kept calling back to it um, and to um, Spike's accidental resemblance to Draco um, and Clem's vague accidental uh, resemblance to Dobby. Yep. They were like, what happened to Dobby? When, when Clem comes on. Um, uh, <laughs> I never thought of that. All right, fair. Wait, um, yeah, sorry, that's all I got. the only episode of Buffy your 15-year-old has seen? That's the only one. That's the only one. So that's, that's, that's wow. what they were working with. They were very focused on the cave demon, and they assumed the cave demon was a main character. Uh, <laughs> whereas I couldn't come up with a name. Does the cave demon have a name? No. I, I couldn't. I couldn't come up he with it. He was credited as cave demon. Yeah. 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 Dark. And uh, the in the in the closing credits, Osiris has no credit, which leads me to think they're definitely mm. the same actor. Yeah, it's, ah. a, it's a red flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Anthony. Oh, I love Buffy's, yeah, I got shot. What of it outfit where she's like fixed up her hair and she's got the gorgeous camel jacket, which I would wear today. <laughs> yes. And she rolls into Spike's crypt thinking she's going to see Spike and she's got this like amazing look. I love that hair. I love her season six post haircut yeah, hair she has good a hair. lot. Yeah. 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 Um, and Anthony, I also, because we recorded out of order, can't remember. I think I probably had this exact favorite outfit for uh, two to go, but... 
a tie between Dark Willow's all black look and Anya's Wednesday Adams shirt. Like I just mm. Sam, I yeah, I love that. Yeah, the, the cute collar and it just and it looked so good on her. She always pulls off an outfit. But I, I am know. glad you said Dark Willow because if no one had said that, I would have been like, just kidding. I changed my vote. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like Dark Willow's second look after her next costume change. Yes. I find this one a little slouchy. Yeah. I don't mm, love yeah. the I don't love the fit on the jacket, mm-hmm. but the but it's the same one, jacket. What do you mean? No, the one she wears at the end when she's like when she's like got the veiny face and she's like yeah she just buttons it up oh is it see it's a much better fit when it's buttoned then really that's all she does yeah in my head it's like a cinched waist situation oh well there you go Ooh, now i'm like ooh, am i wrong i'm often wrong on this mm. podcast but twitter will tell me if i'm wrong that's okay <laughs> um favorite scene lev uh, oh gosh you know the 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 power-up scene in in uh, the magic box is just i'm doing a chef's kiss right now it's just <laughs> you know as somebody who's tr- has tried to make those si- those scenes interesting personally yep. myself and often failed um it's just it's just riveting i loved it cool cool uh sam it's the moment where we see don sitting with the body for me i just as someone who struggles with Dawn's character a lot, and I think the show really did, it's one of her best moments, and it's one of the most human moments in the whole episode. Uh, Anthony? I think I'm also, I mean, I love both those things, but I I do lean to the book-flying scene. Mm. Um, Especially, it's kind of hard to recoup now, but those were some state-of-the-art effects Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I remember my mind being blown as the, like, the the sigils, like, go up her body and, like, re-dye her hair. Mm -hmm. I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. Kirsten? Uh, Same as as Sam. Um, The the scene with Dawn is one of the most, like, emotional scenes for me of the episode in in an episode where I I wanted more of those emotional beats. So, yeah. Fair. Okay. So, again, uh... Now I'm like, ooh, am I changing my mind? Mine is Dark Willow torturing uh, Warren. I mean, it's a but, great uh-huh. scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, also, but also, yeah, I do love her walking into the magic. That whole scene from, like, just the way she just walks right in, gets those books, absorbs them. Like, yeah, so good. So maybe I'm also cheating again and doing a tie between <laughs> both of those. Uh, now we're going to grade the episode. Uh, Anthony, what grade do you give it? I mean, I feel weird because I do feel like I was critiquing a lot of it, but it's all the Willow stuff works so well that I still think I'm going to land on like an A minus. All right. All right. Uh, Kirsten? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I think same. Like as much as I have issues with like scenes here and there and some of the pacing and some of the character choices, it remains just an absolutely iconic episode that you do not forget when you've seen it. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Lev. I came into this podcast. I would have given it a straight A. We have now uh, picked apart the the scenes that it works so so merciless, mercilessly that I'm going to add a minus there. Um, but uh, but but you know, it's a strong one, yeah. really strong. Yeah. <laughs> we were we were those nerds that killed the experience yeah. for it. <laughs> I do think there is a cumulative effect where it's just like. As you're going through it, it's like, oh, I don't love that. I don't love mm-hmm. that. But it by the end, the ending is such a punch yeah. that it's like, I could have sat through anything to get to that yeah, ending. It's true. <laughs> it, it sets yeah. up such a difficult premise and it just executes on it with without sacrificing a lot of integrity. I mean, yeah. it really mm-hmm. it really follows through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sam? It's funny. I also had an A in my notes, but I think like 
A minus is probably the, the more fitting grade. I agree with all of you guys, um, which is very boring. So let's <laughs> see. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I just, I, I think it is really strong. I think that, again, like for all the flaws that this season has and for all the flaws that this episode has, like it, it was really, I think the fact that they do go there to, to Kristen's point, like that they really, they don't flinch. Like they let her go there is worth the A grade alone. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. Yeah. A lot of shows are too chicken shit to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 For me, I I agree with like all of our critiques, but for me, it's still a solid A because Anthony, I always think of the what you say when you grade episodes, like does it achieve what it set out to do? Mm-hmm. And I think this 100% we get there and we it does it. So yeah, for me, it's a it's an A and this episode has always been one of my favorite episodes. Um, you know, I always it's like wouldn't be in my top ten, but it's still I think a really good episode. Uh, and also my top ten changes like depending on which episode I've watched most recently. <laughs> uh, thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for listening. If you like our podcast, you can find us at SlayerFestX98 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and other places podcasts are found. And you can subscribe to us on YouTube and you can become a patron of our Patreon, which really helps keep this podcast going. If you want to follow me, I am at Ian X Carlos on all social media platforms. Anthony, where can everyone find you? I am Mia Koopa, terrible Latin pun on every platform. M-E-A-K-O-O-P-A. Kirsten, where can everyone find I you? I am at Kirsten White on Twitter. You can also not find me in your local bookstore because you should be staying home. But you can find Stay it on home. your favorite <laughs> online retailer, preferably an independent bookstore. Um, I have Slayer and Chosen, which are Buffy books, and then, you know, like 14 others to choose from. So read more. No big deal. Just like 14 you know. others. Yeah, you were complaining. You wanted Willow's power to like output books. <laughs> Guess what? You have it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam, where can everyone find you? Yeah, I'm just my name on Twitter and Instagram mostly. S-A-M-M-A-G-G-S. Uh, You can buy my current books, Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy and Girl Squads and Wonder Woman Now. And I have a bunch of upcoming books like The Unstoppable Wasp Built on Hope and Conquest coming out this spring. So like Kristen said, uh, buy them from your favorite online independent retailer. Help some folks out, uh, including me. (laughs) And uh, stay safe out there. Watch more Buffy. (laughs) And, And Liv, where can everyone find you? Uh, I'm at levgrossman.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter too much. My Twitter handle is Leverus, which is a Harry Potter thing. I can't talk about it. Um, and uh, the Magician's Books. And then Silver Arrow is coming out in September. Cool, cool. Um, thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you all next time. Bye.